us pray. Most loving and gracious Father, we give you thanks and praise for this most blessed and holy night. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us that our hearts would be open to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Of all the days in the church year, and of all of the services that the prayer book offers us, the celebration of the great vigil of Easter is perhaps the one and only one by which so much symbolism draws us into the meaning of the night. Everything that transpires is done on purpose to recount God's victory over sin and death. Right from creation to Jesus offering himself for us to the resurrection and the promise of Christ's return. Every action, every prayer is meant to draw us in to that. As we begin in darkness and the light of Christ breaks through the darkness. You know, and as we were, were sitting there and we all know you couldn't see the words in the program, we could barely see each other, but you could see the light. The flame was clear. And what a great symbol and reminder for us that no matter what's going on around us, our focus must be on the light. And in fact, the liturgy makes it such a way that we have really no choice but to look at the light. And it's the only thing we can see until Jesus rises from the dead and the tone of the liturgy changes by which we recount that moment and Christ's victory brings forth the light into our lives and into the sanctuary of the church. As the lights come on, the glory is sung for the first time since before Lent began. And the people rejoice at the victory of Jesus after spending this time in vigil by which we heard the story of creation whereby a good God makes a good creation and desires his good people to be with him. We hear the story of the Exodus by which the people are led from slavery into freedom with their God. A precursor of the Exodus that will be available to all of us in the waters of baptism by which we move from death to life, from slave to free. We hear that Old Testament reading from Isaiah inviting us to come to the banquet of the Lord. Come drink of the water of His love, of His mercy, of His forgiveness and His grace that's freely given for all of us. A banquet beyond our imagination where there is plenty for all who will come and receive. We hear Paul remind us of Christ's victory over sin and death. And then we hear the gospel passage by which we hear of the women going to the tomb. Well, all the men are sulking and hiding. The women go to the tomb. 
But we have to remember, they're not going to the tomb to rejoice that it's empty, even though Christ has told them. They come with their agony, their grief, to anoint the dead body of their friend. And as we've moved through this Holy Week, we know that in order to get to this place at the tomb, we had to move through Good Friday. We had to move through the cross. And it's that moment when Jesus gives himself for us and we're invited to enter into the cross with him. Not only for the atonement of our sin, but also as a reminder that we too have to, to die to ourselves. And we take up our cross knowing that there are circumstances that come at us in life that weigh us down. All sorts of things that we face financially and family-wise and health-wise. Certainly, last year as we celebrated Easter, these pews were empty because the virus mandated no one is here. And so we bring all of that to the Lord, just like the women going to the tomb. And they go and they don't find what they expect. They find that the stone is rolled away and the message proclaimed, He is not here. He is risen just like He said. And because the tomb is empty, that changes everything. Everything was different from that moment forward. And so even as we come with all of the things going on in our lives today, we find an empty tomb. We find a risen Savior. That no matter what we go through, and Jesus never promises that we'll be sucked out of life in this world. He promises to be with us as we go. And as we go, there will be times of rejoicing, and there will be times when we feel like these women heading to the tomb. But no matter what we face, we have to hear the words, He is not here, He is risen. So that no matter what we face in the here and now, the victory of Jesus Christ has already been won for you and for me. And that no matter what we face, the tomb is still empty. And even when our mortal bodies on this earth lie in death, the tomb is still empty. Jesus is alive and reigns today. And his promise is, I will return again and usher in a new heaven and a new earth. And then, all pain and sorrow and death will be vanquished forever. But the victory has already been won. And the fact of the empty tomb must change everything for us as followers of Jesus. It has to change everything. It means that no matter what you face, Jesus has already won. That doesn't mean the times still aren't hard, but we have a victorious God who remains with us, who desires to deliver us, to set us free to be with us. And if we ever doubt that God wants to be with us, I hope we burn into our minds what we celebrated this night. Listen to what God has done. The lengths that God has gone through to draw His people to Himself. 
If God wanted to leave us to our own to suffer, we would have read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and then we would have stopped. That'd be the end of the story. The story continues because a loving God seeks after us. A loving God comes after us and lifts us up out of whatever we face. And it is through Christ that we too have victory over sin and death. It is through Christ that we are offered eternal life to dwell with the God who created us and loves us forever. And nothing that comes against us in this world can defeat the victory of Jesus Christ. That must change it all for every single one of us. For if they came to the tomb, found the stone there and anointed their dead friend, that would be the end of the journey. Then they would have said, well, we knew this guy who we thought was the one, but it turns out he's just dead. But think about how things must have changed in their heart as they come to understand what that empty tomb meant for them. That Jesus was alive and will remain with us forever. That at our baptisms, the Holy Spirit is poured into us to walk with us along the journey. May we remember tonight how we got here. Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And they all connect together to the victory of the empty tomb. All a demonstration of a loving God who loves his people and invites us day after day after day to come and drink of his love, drink of his mercy and grace, live with him each and every single day. And no matter what you face today or in the days to come, may you remember the tomb is empty. It changes everything. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your victory over sin and death on our behalf. Help us to come to understand day by day what this means, that we've been set free, that we're no longer slaves to sin and death. May the Holy Spirit empower us to be drawn more deeply into your presence, that your light would shine in our lives that we might bear your image to the world, being changed from glory to glory each day. And may your love and presence encourage us in those times of struggle. No matter what we face, may we face it secure in your victory. For you are alive, you are in control, and you have won the day. And Jesus, we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen.